This is the post-game podcast on the Blood Red channel, bringing you all the big match reaction with views from the press box, the dugout and the stands. Liverpool nil, Fulham one, another Anfield outing, another defeat without troubling the scoring. Eat, sleep, Anfield repeat. I'm Guy Clark. This is the post-game podcast here on the Blood Red channel as we react to Liverpool's latest home humiliation going down to a Mario Lamina goal to nil against Fulham. Coming up, a frustrated Jurgen Klopp has his say. It was not good enough. Conceded the goal, didn't score, lost the game. It was not good enough. The Echo's Liverpool correspondent, Paul Gorst. Liverpool's way for the win here goes on and um, it's uh, it's incredible to think that their last victory came before Christmas. And our regular contributors on Liverpool's season being left in tatters. The confidence in the fans and the confidence in the players is just slipping away drastically and the whole season is pretty much falling apart before our eyes. Insight, analysis and opinion all to come right here on the Post Game Podcast. The post-game podcast on the Blood Red channel. Liverpool have slipped to their sixth successive defeat in Anfield after a 1-0 defeat here to uh, Fulham this afternoon. Um, Mario Lamina's goal just before half-time is enough for the visitors as Liverpool slumped to uh, their sixth successive defeat. As I say, um, their 1-0 defeat to Chelsea on Thursday was the first time in their history that they've lost five in a row, so uh, that unwanted record goes on for Jürgen Klopp and his team. Um, Klopp made seven changes for this one, uh, with a clear indication that um, at least one I was on Wednesday night's Champions League game against RB Leipzig and Budapest, but uh, the changes didn't really work and Liverpool once more struggled to create anything of note. Um, Diogo Jota made his first start since uh, since early December and he probably had Liverpool's best chance with a great save from Alphonso Ariola in the full goal in the second half, but generally Liverpool once again struggled to, uh, to create anything against the packed defence who were contented. Sit in deep and defend the numbers and frustrate Liverpool, and that has been the story for far too long, it has to be said. Um, Liverpool, uh, since that 1-1 draw with, with West Brom on December the 27th, Liverpool have only scored once here, and that was a penalty in a 4-1 defeat to Manchester City. Um, another clean sheet for the visiting team. Liverpool's way for the win here goes on, and um, it's, uh, it's incredible to think that their last victory came before Christmas. Uh, and they won't get a chance to uh, to kind of rectify that until April the 10th, which will be after Easter Sunday, when they host Aston Villa here in their next game. But uh, Liverpool move on, they'll have to. Uh, they'll have to improve on Wednesday when they host, uh, or rather play RB Leipzig in the Puskas Arena in Budapest. Um, they, that was probably one of their best performances in recent weeks, it has to be said, against the Bundesliga side a few weeks ago. So they'll need something similar if they're going to go into the quarterfinals of the Champions League. But... Uh, it now looks like all the eggs are in that basket and if Liverpool can uh, can improve, then they'll have some shouts on the European Cup number seven, but that looks a, a long, long way away as um, they trudge off here with a 1-0 defeat to Fulham. So that's how it's finished. The way for the win goes on and Liverpool now, uh, who knows where they're going to finish. Uh, Arsenal and Aston Villa will uh, will be looking at um, climbing above Liverpool, as will Tottenham, Everton and West Ham above them with Chelsea in that fourth spot. Leicester and Manchester United probably too far ahead, so um, Liverpool's season has unravelled and uh, their one remaining hope is the Champions League. The Echoes, Paul Gorst, watching on at Anfield as yet more unwanted history is written into the record books for the Reds. Jurgen Klopp, despite making seven changes to his starting eleven, unable to come up with the answers to end the wait for a win or even a goal at home. Here he is after the game, though, speaking with the media. Uh, Jurgen, hi. Was that, was that good enough from Liverpool, or was that not good enough from Liverpool? It was not good enough. Conceded the goal, didn't score, lost the game. It was not good enough. 
How do you explain it? Oh, um, I had uh, had a few interviews and tried to explain it. Um, and um, it's just that we, we, we had to make uh, some changes and wanted to make some more and that is then clear that it takes a little bit of time to 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 adapt um, especially when you know that um, fulham is in a really good moment is anyway a good football playing side and um so that was clear um i started okay had all had with direction especially when we send more in behind um we had their moments um didn't use them um they had their moments when they played behind our last line um of course but we didn't concede a goal we conceded a goal in a moment when obviously um we didn't expect it um and it was close before um, only a few minutes before half time um but we got them more and more used to each other and 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 um, played some good stuff, created chances, had chances, um, didn't score no longer the game goals. Uh, obviously, in our situation, it's not that you get then stronger and stronger and stronger, no, it gets a little bit lesser again, and um, that's why we lost. But you said losing to Chelsea was a, a massive blow to finishing in the in the top four. So so where does where does this result leave your chances of, of top four, do you think? Can imagine it's that's really not my concern in the moment. So I, I understand that you have to ask that, and but I cannot think about that. We have to win football game. We have to win one football game. That would be helpful already. Um, and then we we see the rest. Thank you, Ian. We'll go to Dom King, which at the moment will be the last question, barring any hands up. Dom. Jürgen, um, Harrison Reed in a, in a post-match interview said um, Fulham's players wanted it more today. With, with the, um, you can you can make it up. I got this question already. I understand right. that. The, winners, no, no, all good. the winner is always right. The winner is always right. Um, but um, I don't I don't see that problem. But I don't know how much um, Fulham wanted it. But it's normal. I was a player myself. You, when you win in a situation like Fulham, is and you say these kind of things. Um, that's now not my problem in the moment. These I, my boys want want to win football games. I know that we got enough knocks for making clear that we really want it with all we have, and the boys want. It. That's the problem. But I know when when he says that the winner is always right. Thanks, Dom. We'll go to Carl Markham and then Chris Baskin. Carl. I have to look here to yeah, watch the camera. Carl, sorry, are you the camera? Uh, Hi, Egan. Hi. Hi, just following up on that. Um, after the Chelsea game, Andy Robertson said that when the team goes 1-0 down, heads go down. Um, I'm just wondering, you know, we, we've spoken a lot about how these, these players were mentality monsters, but that is not the mentality we're seeing now. So so how, how do you explain that and, and what do you do to change that? Oh, look, the, um, you... Um, I, 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 the, the head went down, of course, today probably as well. But uh, in the game, it was it, uh, the reaction football-wise was kind of okay. Um, we obviously a lot of players who, who stand for mentality are not um, on the, um, on the page in the moment. Um, you can um, be like a, a leader in these moments, stuff like that. That that's clear. But. Um, I, again, you, we, we, I, I tried to, I tried to answer all the questions. The thing is just, um, 
we got that many knocks. So you can want to win a game because you won all the others before, or you won the game, want to win a game because it's a while ago that you won a game, and that's more our situation. So believe me, these boys want that it doesn't work in a the moment. There are some reasons for it. We don't score goals. I mean, concede at least one, which is in the moment looks like is enough against us. But um, uh, you can discuss whatever you want. Obviously, it's I cannot I cannot um, just answer and say yeah we don't have mentality. No, we have mentality. Just not a mentality we we are used to probably. But the boys want to win games. That's how it is, and they want to win this game today. Um, I saw that. And we did made still mistakes. That's the problem. Um, and uh, but that's not about you don't want you, the boys don't want to make the mistake. We just make them, um, and we have to make sure that the mistakes we make are not that countable anymore. So like you can concede a goal. That's we conceded goals in our best phases, the best periods of our lives. The only thing is then you you are not bothered about it, and that's where we have to come. We we have a really tight results in a moment, pretty much always against us. And we have to make sure that we win football games again. And then if it's a 1-0, it's fine. Fight for it with all you have. And then you can gain confidence and, and, and momentum maybe again in the moment. We don't have that. Thanks, Carl. Uh, final question, Chris Baskin. Yes, I mean, it's pretty much just what Carl's asked. I mean, I was just going to say, I mean, is the only way out of this year and getting players back? I mean, it's, it's, you just wonder if the, the wounds are going to be so deep from what's happening now. It's going to cause longer term damage. You just need to get the players back before this stops. And oh no, not for not not for for winning one football game. No, for for being the the successful team again. For being the team we we can be in in in, in the best possible way. Of course, we have to be complete. That's how it is, and um, a bit more complete than we are in the moment. That's all clear. But um, that's not what we are what we are thinking about in the moment. We really think from game to game. And when you when you're winning, then people think that's uh, why you say that all the time. But that's the only way. You have to think and to concentrate and to focus on the next game and to go again. And the next game is in a different competition where we didn't do too bad yet uh, or so far. And um, but it will be a tough one, obviously. And um, so we have to make sure that we are ready for that. If we can, if we can go through, which is not guaranteed, obviously, then um, that could give confidence. And then we have Wolves, um, which is a tough one. Um, and then we have two couple of weeks off uh, because of the Chelsea game and international break and all these kind of things. We have to use that time, obviously, and have to hope that all the boys will go for national team and they come back healthy, like always. <laughs> and then I think there are another nine or ten games to go. <laughs> Sounds like 27 or 30 points. I don't know exactly. Um, well, a lot to go for, and we will try. The Post Game Podcast on the Blood Red Channel. Steve Dawson on Liverpool's 1 0 loss to Fulham at Anfield. That was very hard to watch, wasn't it? Uh, the magic seems to have gone. This seems to be more than just a trend now. The problem seems to be embedded. If we start with team selection, which is always going to be a discussion point, obviously Jürgen's hand is forced given the injuries that we've got, but there clearly could have been more quality on the pitch at the start of the game than there actually was. Probably he's got an eye on the Champions League. That now looks to be our only realistic, or at least let's say it's our best hope of qualification for next year's Champions League. I, I, if you look at the defence, which was, you know, that's that's got to be the weakest defence we've put out this season. 
Reese Williams and Nat Phillips probably need a little bit more consistency. I think they're, they're probably not long-term players at Liverpool, although I think Nat Phillips, it's hard to see where he's really put significant feet wrong when he's played for Liverpool. Uh, Reese Williams gave the ball away early on and you can't afford to do that. Necker Williams, I think, is is a whole level lower. I don't think he's Liverpool standard um, and I don't see his career continuing at Anfield. Although in the second half, um, he did produce one or two good things, but, you know, even a broken clock is right twice a day. We gave the ball, we gave the ball away a lot in, in the, in the early stages. And, um, I think that didn't instill confidence. Naby Keita was a little bit of a breath of fresh air, clearly not outstanding. It was a losing performance from the team, so nobody really excelled. But uh, Naby does offer something that I think we haven't really seen much of in recent times. In terms of the selections that Jürgen made up front, I think justified. Um, Sadio Mane has been a shadow of his regular self over the past few weeks. Uh, it doesn't look as hungry as he normally is. I mean, hunger was really his game, the, the effort he puts in um, from game to game was always astounding and, and that seems to be lacking. And let's face it, Bobby Firmino is is not the Bobby Firmino we knew and loved some 18 months ago. And, and 18 months signals more than just a dip in form. There's, there's clearly a drop off in quality that it's hard to convince anyone that that's not permanent now. He's not producing with the consistency that we'd like. Given that, it was very good to see Diogo Jota and he had some, you know, some good uh, contributions. That strike, that volley was quite stunning, actually, to, to get that on target. It was just unfortunate that the goalkeeper saved very, very well indeed. If we're looking at encouraging aspects, in addition to that strike, I think Jimmy Milner's from the Jimmy Milner's drive in the first half looked from the moment that it left his boot to me that it was going in and I was quite surprised when it went over the bar. So perhaps we could have scored and perhaps we were unfortunate not to have scored with those two chances and Mo Salah looked lively, didn't he, in the first half, although I think he, he faded quite significantly in the second half. If we're looking for, for bright spots, for positive points, then I... Trent, when he came on, looked more effective than he has done for a long time. A couple of decent balls in, picked out Sadio Mane at the far post with a really nice ball in. Sadio didn't get the connection that he wanted. It's looking rough now. It's, it's, uh, it's to be hoped that when we take on RB Leipzig, this will be a team that has to come out and, and play against us. So they won't be sitting back and that should open things up for us and hopefully the selection that Jürgen put out today means that players are well rested and can and can benefit from that and then we can continue to move forward in the Champions League because that is our is our only hope now this domestic season is is now nothing short of disastrous it pains me to see Manchester United speaking even in the most unlikeliest of terms about not letting Manchester City win the Premier League. That's a real kick in the teeth because we should be 
well above a, a Manchester United side that's led by Ole Gunnar Solskjaer. And uh, yeah, it's difficult to watch this game today, difficult to talk about. And we just have to keep going. We just have to keep marching on. We do have a very strong squad. We have to get people fit again. And I think we really have to do significant things in the transfer market this summer. Although clearly the season that we've had and the probability now that we won't be in next season's Champions League is going to make purchases rather difficult. At Gulasahi on Twitter, G-U-L-A-S-A-H-I. Hi, this is Owen from Cop On Podcast. According to Dante Alighieri, there are only nine circles of hell. However, Dante died of Quartan Malaria, aged 56 in 1321, 799 years and three months before Liverpool Football Club began their run of eight winless matches at home. So what the hell did Dante know about the circles of hell? Perhaps if he were alive and YouTubing today, Dante would talk about a tenth ring, where a Liverpool fan must point a blunderbuss at their own foot, pull the trigger, feel that pain, reload the blunderbuss, fire it again and again, and doing it again and again and again and again. Having said that, I've grown rather numb to the pain by now. In fact, if I squint hard enough, I can actually see some positives, and there were some in there. Salah played very well in the first half, Cater the second, and my man of the match, Alison Becker, was decent all game. Milner was useful too, mixing industry and passion, despite neither of those qualities being too in vogue recently. It was also very nice to see Diogo Jota get a full 90, even though he was a little bit rusty. Anyhow, another defeat, six in a row, these record breakers. Gosh, it's annoying, isn't it? But we move on to Wednesday, and a Leipzig side in fine form. If the real Liverpool turn up, we'll tonk them and fly through to the next round. If this Liverpool turns up, however, we could get cramp in our trigger fingers on that damned blunderbuss. Owen from the Cop On podcast, following on from Steve Dawson, will another day to forget for the Reds, whose bid for a top four finish could well be left in tatters. To talk about the impact of the result against Fulham on Liverpool's season, here's Hannah Pinnock. A sixth home defeat in a row for Liverpool and another dire performance to have to sit through. It's getting a bit tiring now having to sit through 90 minutes of that week in, week out, but it's just hopeful we can turn things around. But with every passing game, that confidence, I think the confidence in the fans and the confidence in the players is just slipping away drastically and the whole season is pretty much falling apart before our eyes. I mean, we're talking about Europa League at this rate. We're not even going to make Europe at all. You know, if we thought top four, missing out on that would be catastrophic. Missing out on Europe altogether is just absolute... I don't even want to think about it, to be honest. Um, But that's the route that we're going down at the moment if we can't turn things around. 
you know, the changes Klopp made today, it made sense to switch things up because it wasn't working as it is, but that's another inexper- inexperienced backline and, and we paid the price. I thought Reese Williams wasn't good enough. Nico Williams, not good enough yet. You know, they're still young lads. They're still learning their trade and they're they're being put on the biggest stage and expected to come up with the answers, which is a tough ask for anyone. So I thought we did look a lot better when Trent and Fabinho came on, but at this point, minutes are being managed. You know, we're losing, like, we've lost, you know, Quebec to a little injury now and I'm not sure if we'll be fit for the Leipzig game or our next league game. So it's just... The, the the defensive crisis is obviously, I think, the undoing of this Liverpool side this season. But, you know, there's other issues and it's difficult to think that Van Dijk and Gomez coming back and fans getting back into the ground. And suddenly everything's rosy again and we go back to playing the way that we were before. I, I don't think that's going to be the case. I think as much as I want to sit here and say... It stems from the lack of fans, which of course that's part of it. And of course the injuries are part of it, but I think it's deeper than that. And I think it's a system problem in terms of the way that we're playing. We need something different because it's not working. It's not working the way that it used to. You know, the high line that we're playing, we're leaving ourselves exposed, especially when we've got such young defenders and such inexperienced defenders. So hopefully... Hopefully we can have a bit of respite midweek and secure our spot in the quarterfinals of the Champions League. But no matter what tie we get, it's, it's difficult to see us going much deeper in that competition, given the form that we're in, which is disappointing to see. Yeah, every everything's sort of falling apart before our eyes and it, it's difficult to take because we've been so good for so long and and I do find it hard to criticize these players because of what they've achieved and because of what they've done for this football club I don't think that for a second should be forgotten but ultimately their job is to win football games and at the moment that's not happening and not only are we not winning football games but we're potentially missing out on top four and European football altogether so questions need to be asked and the answers need to start appearing and Klopp and the players need to start finding them because the longer this goes on, the more questions will be asked of them and of Klopp. As much as I don't want to say that, and I will back Klopp to the hills, questions from you know journalists, questions from parts of the fan base, they they will be aimed at Klopp. You know, I trust him more than anyone to turn things around next season if not this season but yeah it's it's just a tough one to take and hopefully hopefully we can have a big win against Leipzig midweek the post game podcast on the blood red channel and now to dive into our blood red podcast facebook group link as ever in the description if you do want to join in the debate and the discussion well mark mccrum says there is something critically wrong with the club right now it's not clop though unfortunately this side has had its time and timing has robbed them the opportunity of being truly one of the great sides clop will rebuild and will go again i have no doubt about that but it won't be with this squad keep the faith you'll never walk alone 
Bone. Bob O'Hanlon, though, says, hugely disappointing yet again. The performances show no invention, no fight, and most worryingly, no self-belief. Opposition teams are not having to do too much against us to take the points. We need a huge shift in performance and attitude if we're going to salvage the season and win the Champions League. We live in hope. Daniel Stoneman, though, says, on a better note, I think our two centre-backs were good today. And finally, Paul Tacey writes, the second leg against Leipzig being at a neutral venue will actually help us. The lads just can't play at Anfield right now. That tie is by no means over. If Leipzig score early, I really fear for us. Klopp needs a big result and performance from the lads on Wednesday. They owe him that at the very least. For more of that, head to Facebook and search for Blood Red. Our final say, though, following the defeat to Fulham here on the post-game podcast comes from Mark Baker. Extraordinary what is going on with Liverpool at this moment in time. I mean, it is absolutely extraordinary. That's the only word I can use for that this level of drop-off. I don't think in anyone's worst dreams of how the season could play, I could see this um, occurring. And obviously a lot of the things that happened through the season, no one could have... You know, in your worst case scenario, could have seen a Kieran. But Liverpool have been magnificent over two, two to three years. What they've achieved, the manager, the players, absolutely unbelievable. Unbelievable from week to week. And, you know, to, to win virtually every game over two years in the Premier League on a week to week basis. And people talk about Liverpool, you know, oh, they haven't defended the title well. It's shown that they can't go and win it again. Um, all these kind of things. It's always the hardest thing to do. People say, win it again. Liverpool basically won the league twice. You know, they accumulated over two years a points total that's probably not matched in half. The t- well, no, well, it isn't matched in any of the teams who probably won the title two, two years on the bounce. I mean, I think it's the... When they didn't win, when Manchester City just pipped them. I think it was the third or fourth highest points tally in English football history. And there was always, like, always likely to be a natural drop-off. There's no question about that, is there? I mean, you can't go to that level and Liverpool, you know, we know that they're not Manchester City. We know that it's not a squad that you can manipulate and rotate on a week-to-week basis and comparable quality can come into the side. You're talking about at least nine Liverpool players having to play every single week for them two-year periods, really, so for them to get anywhere near and, and achieve what they did. And tactically, they were fantastic. They had world-class players playing at the absolute top level of ability, brilliant balance and stability throughout the team with the ball and without meant their achievements were, yeah, you can't speak highly enough of them. But at times, were Liverpool fortunate? Absolutely. You know, they, they, they won games or, you know, um, were on the right side of one goal, swings in games and managed to accumulate the points. And so, yeah, probably, you know, the point totals did flatter them at times when you look at the performances in some of the games. And there was always going to be a natural drop-off and you factor in these players have gone to the world, so, you know, especially two years running in terms of the league and and then Liverpool suffer all kinds of problems in terms of personnel being missing. Obviously, it starts with Van Dijk and, you know, as soon as he went down, you knew there was going to be, knew there was going to be issues with that. I mean, you there's a world-class player in his position, any team would, would miss him. But then, I think more than that, then losing Matip and Gomez because, you can always deal with the loss of a, a world-class player over the short term. Any team can, but over the long term, it's very difficult. But if you've got really outstanding players to fill in in the key roles, then it becomes a lot more manageable. Now, you think to yourself that the key moment then for me 
was when Matip then goes down against West Bromwich Albion at Anfield. And I think the results have shown since have been absolutely catastrophic since that moment. And Liverpool go from looking like, okay, you know, they've got really excellent players in the areas. They're still going to be there or thereabouts um, at the end of the season to suddenly looking massively short and exposed, which happens to play midfield players in those positions, then has a knock-on effect to the midfield. And around this time, not only did Liverpool start to concede goals, but also the rest of the team started to malfunction in terms of the midfield and attack. And Fabinho and Henderson obviously being out of the midfield, we know that they are elite in transition at winning the ball back. And what do we know about Liverpool's forward players? Well, you wouldn't say that they are Manchester City sort of attacking players. So what I mean by that is... Salah, Manny and Firmino are at the best when the game's chaotic, when the game's in transition, when the ball's changing hands and Liverpool have magnificent territorial advantage and are suffocating the opposition in their own half by the position of the players. And although Liverpool have fantastic players, you know, it's always been helped by the, the coaching and the cohesion of the side, meaning that, you know, you look at Liverpool's squad and you wouldn't say it's massively had so much more quality or the team had so much more quality than some of the rivals but they were the best coach team and everyone believed in the cause everyone was playing at their absolute maximum at their absolute peak and Liverpool was suffocating the opposition had so many ways of hurting yeah they could you know, top scorers in terms of set plays uh, build up from the back with Van Dijk able to switch the game seamlessly Gomez and Matip able to break lines and the midfield transition and winning the ball back high able to provide the service to the forwards who then were at their best when that chaotic game ensued and the, you know, the, the, the opposition were trying to defend unorganised. So then that malfunction occurs. We know that Liverpool's players, although outstanding players, are not at the best when they're operating against a side who look to sit in, who, look, who they're then required to play in the most smallest of spaces congested areas. Liverpool do not have a player who, you know, the equivalent of a David Silva, De Bruyne, all of these kind of players, a Foden Amaras who, who can find that killer pass from midfield. So the opposition then fall into a pattern where they, they found the formula to play against Liverpool. And also they know they're going to get something at the other end with Liverpool because Liverpool are unable to manage moments of the opposition having games. The player profiles are no longer there. The athleticism, the, the physical capacity to deal one-on-one -on -one and in isolation so that when the ball is played through Liverpool's third, their defensive third or midfield section because they've not got the same level of pressing and they've got, not got the same collaborative cohesion in the sense of the position of the, the players, they know they can get at them and Liverpool will be vulnerable and not be able to have that physicality to be able to manage them situations. The forward players have now or over the last few months, totally lack confidence. And it is a team that has gone from the most balanced one in the league to looking absolutely devoid of ideas and confidence because the issues I've just identified, really. And you can almost break Liverpool up into to different sections for me. Being absolutely magnificent and before the COVID period, don't get me wrong, like I said, you know, being able to win games that some of them didn't necessarily deserve to win. After the COVID period, being a team who still had structure, still had the same balance, still had the same world-class elite players and were able to do enough in games, even though they didn't play particularly well. However, it started to be just stem into the game that they were capable of losing games. 
which again would have affected the confidence. And I felt it, it, this coming into this season, it was exactly the same. I didn't think it was any different. They were just doing enough. But then all the factors, you know, stemming from the Everton game came in. And then it's engineered and, and ended up where we are today, which is quite unbelievable. I mean, added into all of these things, Liverpool are conceding goals at terrible moments in games and unable to take them. And it's the perfect storm of absolute horrendous... I'm not going to say luck, because it isn't luck. It's a horrendous set of circumstances which have, has meant that Liverpool are no longer what they were, uh, far from it. And anyone who, for me, believes that Liverpool are going to be anywhere near up to the level of challenging once they have a, a summer rest, I think that's, I think that's pushing it. I, I do believe that this kind of drop-off and this kind of devoid of confidence um, and the lack of belief that it'll have, that lack of, you know, almost, I don't know, superiority that they had has, has been lost, not just with themselves, but with the opposition. And I think it's going to be a long way back to the top um, or back to challenging from this period or situation where they are now, especially with all the factors that not qualifying for the Champions League is going to bring. And it's a, it's a, it's hard times at this moment in time. It's been a really difficult season to watch unfold. Mark Baker looking into the issues that have beset the Reds' campaign this season. Well, RB Leipzig to come next then in the Champions League on Wednesday. We'll be back with the post-game podcast after that one. In the meantime, of course, we'll have the Blood Red podcast from the Echo Sports Desk on Monday afternoon. Do join us for that one if you can. Don't forget, too, if you get the chance to leave us a rating or review, wherever it is you get your audio on demand. That is always more than appreciated. Thanks, though, for your time and your company. Until next time here on Post Game, it's bye for now. You've been listening to the Post Game Podcast on the Blood Red Channel.